young again. <laughs> it's okay. Our youth minister is just going to have to deal with it later, that's all. A good lesson for us all to have is ask before we assume. Right? And we can be very, very gracious if we, you ask before you assume something and then you cause trepidation. Um, because I had some trepidation of workers going back there. So um, all we needed to know was why and ask and with a why. And that takes care of things. Because I had already was going to say, but now the opportunity is lost because the ones I wanted to talk to are gone. I was actually going to do something with the kids so that they felt more part of the service. But because we didn't, we didn't ask and we assumed, we get ourselves... But um, because one of the things we talked about was starting Children's Church for that age. If you're going to be coming, then we'll plan for it. If you're not going to be coming, then we won't plan for it. I'll plan for stuff that we know we're going to definitely do. Why spend resources on stuff that we won't need but it's kind of hard to do that when um, but I was going to be making them part you didn't have to bring them back I said you could have left them there since you already mm. it's okay mm. now that you're back <laughs> you just don't look like babies to me you don't suck your thumbs, do you? Not that you want to tell anybody. Don't point your fingers at her! <laughs> ah! Brothers! They always get us in trouble. You're welcome. Should I start playing the song? <laughs> no. 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 Listen. If you guys were going to come every week, we wanted, we've been wanting to do Children's Church for your guys' ages. But if we didn't know you were coming every week, then we wouldn't, because it's really hard. I'm telling you, I have outstanding people like Miss Robin and, and who plans. You know, it would be really disheartening if she planned for youth every week on Wednesday and once a month for your special time, is she planned and prayed and put all that work in, and then you didn't show up. Nobody came. And she, I worked hard to get ready for this. Tie me the same, tie me and um, Sarah go through that a lot with her class right now on Wednesday night because you never know if the kids are coming or not. But... They plan, they work hard, and that's what we want for the children's church too because we, we, we even have an area, a designated area that we would use for children's church. Instead of sending you upstairs to the upper room, we send you over here to our big discipleship room because it's easier to heat because it's electric heat over there. So um, anything to do that easier. But if we knew you were coming every week, we would plan for that. And we wouldn't be expecting our youth person to do that, too. Well, don't pout! I know she would do it, but I don't like overworking. I know.
We're going to be talking about showing care for someone. We're going to talk about showing care for some. Now, you got surprised this morning, didn't you? Yeah. You got surprised last night because your sister got awful sick and she had to run, to, to run her to the hospital. But she even got a bigger surprise this morning after Sunday school. Why was that? What did I tell you that a bunch of people were doing for your little sister? Praying. Praying. You know, praying for someone is showing care. And she was, I got a big hug. Do you know that? Really? I got a big hug this morning because we were praying for her sister. That's amazing. I'll tell you what, how special did I feel? Oh, I, I, we, we went ahead and prayed. Jason and I got on the phone to each other. <laughs> I found out, I, I just got done blowing snow and shoveling the snow, come in and I notice my phone is blinking red at me and I get this prayer request that came across. We, we send out all the prayer requests out over the, um, as much as possible, almost everybody gets it this way and they get a text message and saying, pray, pray, pray. And um, I found that we gotta pray. So I called over to Jason's house to find out for more information and it was so cool. We had all these people praying. And because we were praying, I got a hug. So everybody here, I share that hug with you if you were praying. But that's showing care. That's showing love. That's showing that, we, that you're important because we prayed for you. We don't do that just lightly to say, oh, we got a prayer thing. Right? No. So, Lord Jesus, I thank you that you just helped me this morning with this message. Lord, I thank you, Lord, that you will touch our hearts, that, Lord, you will speak to our hearts, that, Lord, that we can be a church that really shows our care and love for others. Help us, Lord, to get back to our roots, our DNA, Lord, of being a Christian, Lord. Help us, Lord, to be more like our Savior, when he saw the multitudes, he was moved with compassion. Oh, Lord, I thank you for your touch and for your anointing in this place. Anoint our ears to hear from you and anoint every word that comes out of my mouth, Lord. Let me speak only the words that you would have me to say, I pray. And Lord, let it find good soil in our hearts and minds. In Jesus' name, amen. amen. I'm going to be trying to implant the Word of God in you today. Well, how do we plant? What do we plant? We plant a seed. So I'm going to be taking the... Think about the Word of God I'm going to read to this morning to you like it is a seed. And I have to go ahead and dig up your soil. So I got to open up your brain um. and do brain surgery this morning. That's it's not physical, it's spiritual. Because the Bible says we should renew our minds in Christ Jesus so that we think like Jesus, we act like Jesus, we behave like Jesus. Come on. Wouldn't that be cool if we could act and behave like Jesus instead of like a big brother like him? Now, the, the thing is, Jesus, when you ask Jesus in your heart, one thing we, for, we know that he's God. We know he's our Savior. 
We know we're supposed to respect him and listen to him and do everything he says, but he's also our big brother. And that means we have a closer relationship. Oh, I'm telling you, there's, there's a brother and sister duo here in our church. They are so close, it's almost like they're twins, and they can read each other's minds. Now, at their house, that's a dangerous thing, because they love to gang up on their mother. I have, and, and the thing is, is that the sister goes ahead and puts these thoughts into her brother's mind, and it comes out his mouth. <laughs> and she sits back and she goes, oh, watch how mom reacts now. And then mom puts it all out on Facebook. <laughs> she has never put out what the daughter has done. It's always, Sam did this and Sam did that. It's so cute. You know why she's out there going, cheer him on, rip, rock. She's a cheerleader for her brother. They are so cute. You know how unity works? That's how unity works over there. Yeah, it's uni they're united. It's unity, all right. Now, the first thing we're going we're to look here at Philippians chapter 2, and let me, let me read just verse 1 and 2 there. Therefore, if, if there is any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love... If any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, fulfill my joy by being like-minded, having the same love, being of one accord, of one mind. Now let me tell you, we, we, I get into Sunday school, and what is our teacher teaching us about? The family of God. Do you know how hard it was for me not to reference my sermon this morning? <laughs> <laughs> but she's talking about us being a family and being joined together as a family like Danny and Sam. Like we should be. We should care that Karen is crying. Yes. Come on. We should care that your little sister's in the hospital because we are family. Did you ever hear that song before? We are family. We're not going to sing it. We're not going to sing it. But you've heard the song. Now it's stuck in your You've got an earworm in your head. And you're singing the song to yourself. And hopefully when you're singing to yourself, you sing better than what you sing out loud. Now think about that. If we're the family of God, we're supposed to stick together. We're supposed to have each other's backs. We're supposed to care for one another. Paul says here, do you want to have joy? He says that in verse 2. Do you want to have joy? Joy is something wonderful. Joy is something to be sought for. Joy is not just a happy feeling. You know, if I asked you, what is joy? You probably could give me all sorts of examples of what joy is, right? And, and probably it would all be gushy, feely things, right? Joy is more than that. Do you know that God's joy, you can have God's joy while you are crying because your heart is broken? Yes, you can. 
See, joy is not happiness. Joy goes beyond happiness. It's not just a feeling. It's an assurance that Jesus is mine. It's assurance that no matter what, I'm going to get through this. It's an assurance that instead of going ahead and complaining all the time, we say, thank you, Lord, for my circumstance. Dr. Billy Graham just passed away, and you young kids, it's too bad that you didn't know about Dr. Billy Graham back in his prime time. If you were living when I was... If, I, if you were back in my day when I was your age, you would know who Dr. Billy Graham is. He was on TV all the time, and it was a special. Everybody watched. Everybody tuned in because Dr. Billy Graham was going to speak. And we just lost him. Where was I going with that? <laughs> it was a good illustration. It was a really good illustration, too. I don't know where I... I got lost on my path. <laughs> <sighs> That's a it, it happens. <laughs> I, I, I didn't have any coconut oil for the last week. Okay, let's keep going. It feeds your brain. Yeah. When you get older like me, you should feed your brain. <laughs> anyway, when it comes back, I'll tell you about it. Okay. God's joy. That joy that we need. Oh, that's it. Man, I am so... T we whine and we complain and we, we boo-hoo over every... I, I got an owie! Wah! You know what I say to my son Bodhi? You'll get over it. Dr. Billy Graham got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. Parkinson's disease robs you of your motor skills. Your hands start tremoring. How many, have, how many liked watching the movie Back to the Future? Michael J. Fox was really good in that. But you know why you don't see him in movies anymore? Because his hands tremor. And he has a hard time speaking because of his Parkinson's disease. And he's a great actor. Dr. Billy Graham had that happen to him, and he says, I don't know why God, I don't, he served God. He, he, more than one million people came to know Jesus because of his ministry. He, he's the best known preacher in the whole wide world. And he says, God, I don't know why you let me get Parkinson's. And then he said, but you know what? I thank God for it because this has reminded me that every day with every breath I need to be more reliant on God than ever before. Instead of seeing it as a negative, he saw it as a positive. How many, how many old Pentecostal saints do we know from our youth who, who had terrible marriages and had all sorts of problems, but they would come to church and praise the Lord anyway and thank the Lord for their troubles and say, thank you, Jesus. I know you're going to overcome it. And they would get so excited about Jesus. Back in the old days, women used to put their hair up with bobby pins. You know what a bobby, you've never seen a bobby pin, have you? It's kind of a little wire thing, and, and you can put it in your, you know what a bobby pin is? Well, they, well, you went like this, and so that's why I thought I had to explain it, but you know what it is. Oh, okay. And, and so, bobby pins, 
They get so excited. They would have to put so many to keep their hair up. I mean, they, these hairdos, go back, look, Google it. Google to see all this big hair stuff these women used to wear. I mean, Joanne can tell you. She, I don't know. I'd like to see old pictures of Joanne to see if she had one of those. Anyway, uh, <laughs> I knew saints of God. They'd go to the beauty parlor every week to have that hair done, and then they would have to lay in their bed so still so they didn't mess up their hair. Can you imagine? I'm glad you girls do what you do today. You're so much more wise. But they get so excited and they start dancing even though their life, everything was falling apart around them. They would be praising Jesus anyway because the joy of the Lord was their strength and those bobby pins would start flying. And the youth of the church were not nice. They would count how many things they would hear of bobby pins hitting the wall. And then, if they were really nice Youth kids, they would walk around saying, okay, Sister Beatrice lost 20 of them tonight because they count them up. And they would just get a big kick about the bobby pins. And they, sometimes you had to duck them because they were flying right at your head. Oh, the joy of the Lord is our strength. But, we, we, but Paul says we need to be like-minded. And we need to be like-minded with Paul. The first thing he mentions here is consolation. We, we just read, today was consolation and, come on, what was it? Consolation and comfort. And I thought, we all know what comfort means, but what in the world is consolation? So I took a, my wife's old Webster dictionary off the shelf, and consolation means the act of consoling. Well, that's the worst. <laughs> Definition, because you're not supposed to use the word in the definition. But the act of console, oh, I am so sorry that you have midterms this week. That's consoling her. I am so sorry. I'll be praying for you. We'll pray that you get some strength out of all of it. Midterms are not as bad as finals, by the way. The second definition... Midterms are never, they just get you ready for the finals. It gives you a hint of what it's going to look like, and then it's worse. <laughs> That's why you've got to pray and ask the Holy Spirit's help. <laughs> I'm trying to give them comfort here to let them know it's not going to be as bad as their final. <laughs> Hopefully for your final, they just have you write a paper. That's so much easier. And trying to remember, oh, I hated those some of those finals, especially. Anyway, I wish somebody would have comforted me. But that's the second definition, is comfort. See, I'm not trying to make you miserable. I'm just trying to give you a better definition. It's comfort, offered to lessen a person's misery or grief. Now, let's actually do that. Consoling can be anything, but trying to comfort you to take away, lessen your pain or your grief. I know the two of you are going to do really well in your midterms. Why? Because you've been working so hard up to this point. You might be behind in your schoolwork. You might not be, feel like you're ready for all this. But because you have worked hard and you've put effort in, the Holy Spirit will help you with that test. No matter how it goes. Listen, the Holy Spirit can take any grade and fix it. I can testify. You can, 
You, my wife can tell you about one class I agonized over because I, number one, I didn't like the class. Number two, because I had to take the class. I just had to take it. But it was the material. But you know what? By the time I ended the, the semester, I had a decent grade when I thought the whole world was falling apart. And by the way, let me comfort your heart with this. You're paying a lot of money to go to that school. You make them teachers teach you. And I would do that to them. And I would tell them, I'm paying a lot of money so that I could be going to school here. And I can't afford to get lousy grades. So I'm putting the effort in. So you better make sure you're helping me so I can pass this class because I can't afford to redo it. And you know what? That usually did the trick. Because uh, I'll tell you why, they're, they're there for you, not there for collecting a paycheck. And if they're there just for collecting a paycheck, they need to get a different job. Amen. Mm. If we truly love, we must tell people the truth. If we truly love, we need to tell people the truth. Why, why are we so hyper... Why do we hear about so much about hyper grace these days? It's because people are afraid to tell somebody the truth that they need to get saved and their sins is keeping them from getting their prayers answered. Ooh. I don't want to tell him that because he's got unforgiveness towards his wife. Because she burnt his toe. Because she burnt his toast, he can't forgive her. But I sugarcoat it. Oh, it's okay, brother. Grace just takes away all those things. Just love her. No, he had to forgive her because if he don't forgive her for burning his toast, his prayers won't get answered. Now, listen, is that loving of me not telling him that? Or is it loving to me to say, oh, you got to forgive her? Just because she burnt the toast, we all have burned things. Come on. She was giving you a burnt sacrifice to the Lord. You've got to forgive. And God's grace will cover up a multitude of sins, even burnt toast. Come on. We need to forgive. We have to return to our DNA as Christians and challenge people about their salvation. The PC culture is keeping people lost in their sins. And let me tell you what, so is Minnesota nice. The PC culture is keeping people lost in their sins, and so is Minnesota nice. You live here on the border now, so you get affected by Minnesota life. You know what? They will not help you correct the mistakes you are making on your job because they would rather be nice to you and see you fired than say, hey, you need to fix this in your job so you can keep it. Now, what's nicer? Helping me fix what I'm doing wrong so I can keep my job so I can take care of my family or being so nice and then finding out that, oh, why didn't you tell me I would have corrected? I didn't know I was doing that wrong. I know a lot of people who lost their jobs because of Minnesota Nice. I've seen it. We don't have it as bad over here as in central Minnesota, where they really do Minnesota nice, where they hide the, the dagger behind their backs. We need, to, we need to comfort one another by telling the truth, by telling the truth in love. Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by Jesus. 
But if we don't tell people, oh, there's many roads that lead to heaven. Is that telling the truth? No. Oh, my word. This current pope, he tells people that. He thinks that the Muslims and the Catholics are going to all go to the same heaven. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. They even read, have read Muslim prayers in the Catholic Church this past year. I'm the way, the truth, and the life. No man comes to the Father except by me, Jesus said. That's telling the truth. we got to tell the truth. Otherwise, there's going to be a lot of people who stand before the Lord. But Lord, I did this in your name. And Lord, I did that in your name. And Jesus will look at them and say, I never knew you. Depart from me. And why didn't they know him? They're, they're doing all this good work in Jesus' name, but he didn't know why. Because nobody told him the truth on how to get to know Jesus. How to get saved. Come on. It was nice in my day when I went to school. The Gideons could walk into the school and give us Bibles. No, they didn't want to let them in the door. Do they still get to stand out on the sidewalk handing them out after school? Do they? That's good. Unity, Paul says, brings purpose and joy. What is our purpose? Get people saved. I was thinking about this. New life at new life. We pray, we learn, and we go. What's the go part? We tell people about Jesus. At New Life, you can get a real life in Jesus Christ. And because you get a real life, you have a life of prayer. You have a life of learning. And you've got a life of sharing. Because you're sharing the good news of Jesus Christ that Jesus saves. Do you like that? You can, you can use it in one of our promos. We allow distractions. We allow distractions. Shiny objects. Self. To get in the way of our unity and our purpose and our joy. Shiny objects, yeah. <coughs> I've been in Bible study. They're not in the Bible with me. They're checking their messages. <laughs> I gotta answer this because this is more important than what we're learning about. <laughs> Am I meddling? <sighs> there are corporations when they're going into board meetings with the boss. They have to take their phones out of their pockets, silence them, put them in a box before they can enter the boardroom. Because the boss got tired of having the person think they were more important than the people sitting around the desk or the table. <laughs> he was sick of going, fired! <laughs> now today, today, we have people has their Bibles on their devices. Devin had his tablet out when I was walking by. I saw he had the Bible open on his tablet. He was following along because that's where his Bible was. And he has, if we started the school, I would like to start. Our kids wouldn't carry any textbooks. They'd be carrying a laptop because all their books would be on their laptop. And when they were doing their schoolwork, they just open it up. They could access it. If they had to go to grandma's for a week, they took all their schoolwork with them. They could get it all done. And I would see what they're doing. And the cool thing about the school I like to start here is that parents could go ahead and see what their kids have done every day. 
Not like the schools here where they lag behind on letting you know, oh, just go check the thing on the computer. That's what they tell you. That's usually how they say in the office. Go check the thing in the... Yeah, power school. That's it, the power school. And you know what? In Breckenridge, they were always so far behind, I had to go find their lesson plan. Because they have to post their lesson plans online. And not all the teachers had them filled out. If we are going to reach others for Christ, we need to have another word. Humility. Humility thinks of others before yourself. You know what? A person without humili- who does not have any humility in their life is mentally ill. It's actually a mental disorder. Narcissism. Yes, it's narcissism. And that's dangerous. I know somebody in, a, in Breckenridge who's narcissistic. And that's why she drives some people crazy. Are we, oh, let me read the scripture. Verse 3. Let nothing be done through selfish ambition or conceit, but in lowliness of mind, let each esteem others better than himself. That's humility. Are we puffed up? Are our ambitions selfish? Are we filled, oh, oh, another word, with conceit? One of my best friends in college when I was back in the 80s, my friend Jeff. Now, Jeff, if you're listening, you know this is the truth. He surprised me. He's a Baptist preacher today. Floored me when I saw that he went into the ministry because I know Jeff. And I thought it was so cool that God called him. But Jeff couldn't go past a mirror or a shiny object that he could see himself in without doing this. Even his girlfriend at the time used to tease him about it. Conceit is always thinking about yourself, that you're so great. You know, that you're the best looking thing. That, oh, you're better than everybody else. I'm glad God called him. I love his posts. It's all scriptures. The only one in our presence here today who is great, who is that? Who's the greatest person in our presence today? Jesus Christ. Did you know that? Did you know, kids, that wherever two or three Christians are gathered together, that Jesus is there in your midst? Yeah. So when the three of you get together and you're Christians, did you know, and, and, and you're and, and, you're, and he's teasing you horrible and you want to just punch him in the face. Did you know, do you know that Jesus... My lips are bleeding because you punched me in the lips. But did you know Jesus... But do you know that Jesus is right in your midst? He's standing right there watching you and then you're treating your little sister like that? Oh my word! Think about it. Oh, oh, wait a second. Where two or, two or three are gathered... Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Hal and Jason got together the other day. <laughs> Hal and Jason got together the other day. And boy, Hal looked at Jason and said, Did you hear about Sister Joyous? 
and what she did. And Jesus got all excited. <gasps> what? <laughs> what did she do? Oh, somebody told me. Somebody told Timey, and Timey told me that Sister Joyous was caught out on the corner praising the Lord. Wait a second. Jesus was just there where two or three are gathered. He is there and you're gossiping? Mm. Humility teaches us not to gossip about each other. Come on. Don't take prayer request time as an opportunity to gossip. That's why we, that's why we use, that's why we do the phone blasts, the text blasts. It keeps us from get the gossiping going on. And it gets the message out the right way. Do you ever play telephone? Sometimes our prayer requests happen that way. They get all, oh my word. If you want to be great in the kingdom of God, what does Jesus tell us to do? Be as a little child. But he also tells us, Danny, if you want to be the greatest in the kingdom, you've got to be the servant of all. Uh-oh. You gotta be the servant of all to be the greatest. Boy, did Muhammad Ali have that all wrong? Philippians two four. Oh, good, I can wrap. I'm almost done. I thought I got way behind. Philippians two four says, "Let each of you look out not only for his own interests." Josh, you need to sit down unless you're going to potty. Okay. Glad you decided which way you had to go. <laughs> he was heading back to that kitchen. Hmm. I didn't want to have to get the Clorox out. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, 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 it's okay. It's okay. <sighs> it's been a long time since I've talked to the youth. Philippians 2.4 again says, Let each of you not only look out for his own interests, but the interests of others. Are we showing love, care for someone, care for families? If we do not, uh oh, I'm going to really meddle now, follow up with them. One of my best workers was lamenting a couple of weeks ago about all the people that got ministered to. And they don't get to see that often anymore. And I, I, don't, I was lamenting with the person. But you know what? God's word doesn't return void. But do we follow up? Come on. Where lies our affection? Verse 1 again said, Therefore, if there be any consolation in Christ, if any comfort of love, if any fellowship of the Spirit, if any affection and mercy, where is our affection if we're not following up? Where's our mercy if we're not following up? Come on. Are we looking out for, our, for others' interests or only our own? What does verse 4 say again? Let each of you look not, uh, not only, not out not only for his own interests, but also the interests of others. Are we only looking out for our own interests, or are we also looking out for others' interests? 
Now I'm really going to meddle here. Listen up. Pay attention. If you don't get anything out of this, but this, we must shut and lock the back door of our church, and it's all of our responsibility to do follow-up. Some people lament why we don't have more kids in and I hear in our meetings, why don't we have more kids in Awana? Why aren't they coming? Because we haven't done the follow-up. <coughs> Where are all those little kids who have not signed up in the nursery? Have we followed up with their moms and dads? I know you can only do so much, but have we followed up? I think it's, they have been done. I think they've been done. But our Pied Piper... Oh, I know his grandma. Have we ever... Those who have a relationship with people should do the follow-up. If Jason and I would just show up as the ministers of the church, come on, they think that's their job. But if you, who have a relationship with them, would follow up, they would say they really care. And I can believe what comes out of your mouth because I have a relationship. You, I count you as a friend. If we haven't followed up with them, are we showing them love and are we looking out for their interest? Or are we more concerned about our busy lives? How hard would it have been to follow up? I have two people who could have followed up and said, hey, what you heard was a lie. It wasn't the truth. I was there. It wasn't the truth. And we want your grandson back. Because I'll tell you what, that grandson, he has the potential to be a great evangelist one day. Yes. And he went ahead. And he hugs, he hugs somebody in our church and said, I want to come back. But he can't come back till grandma says it's okay. And here we are, it's February, the end of February, Awana's going to be done in a couple of months. Have we followed up? And this is not, oh, Lord Jesus, do not let guilt get on people now. Oh, I rebuke guilt. Conviction is okay, but I rebuke guilt right now. Right. I am not here to make anybody feel guilty or bad or condemned or, or point my finger at you because we all don't do good follow-up, me included, at times. We just don't. But we all, that's why it says all of our responsibility. You know, we start doing that, we'll shut the back door and lock it for good. We do everything else really well. But we got to lock that part of the door. Because Satan will find any little crevice for them to hit the escape hatch. Oh, yeah. Our interest should be others' interests. That we care for them as well as ourselves. Come on. What did Jesus say again? We are commanded by Jesus to love our neighbor as ourselves. Loving our neighbors, telling them about Jesus. Right? Who's your neighbor? Yeah, your neighbors. Yeah, but who's all your neighbors? Bob used to sing about it all the time, but Bob was forced into retirement because he was looking too old. Can you imagine? They would have never done that to Mr. Hooper. But since HBO bought, 
Sesame Street, they made Bob go into retirement. But Bob used to sing a song about who's your neighbor. He used to sing, who is the people in your neighborhood? Remember? And he was, part of that song was, who's your neighbor? And it's the people that you meet as you're walking down the street. They're the people that you meet each day. It's amazing. At one time, Sesame Street used to use Bible stuff. Yeah, they used to use Bible stuff. Sesame Street did, the old stuff. When Bob was on there. And the others. It was cool. It was, it was really cool. Sesame Street at one time. You know Sesame Street's now a half an hour show with not, and they don't do any of their 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10 stuff, you know, with all the numbers and flashing stuff. They don't even, they don't even have, which I used to tease my mother about because her name is Wanda. Wanda the Wicked Witch would wash her wig on Wednesday at the well with her wacky sisters. <laughs> and so I would say to my mother, hi, wacky Wanda. And she says, I do not like that. <laughs> the problem, maybe, oh, I hope that's not the reason she's got dementia today. <laughs> I hope that's not the reason why. For those name and claim it people, you know, they'd be getting on me right now. Oh, you did it. Oh, my word, get away from me. <laughs> my God is bigger than all that. <laughs> so I'm going to conclude with this. We need to bless others. We need to bless others the way we have been blessed. Second Thessalonians which is just a turn of a page or two. Second Thessalonians 2 and verse 16 and 17 says, Now may the Lord Jesus Christ himself and, the, and our God and Father who has loved us and given us everlasting consolation, there's that word again, consolation and good hope by grace Comfort your hearts and establish you in every good work, word, and work. We need to bless others. We need to bless the others the way we have been blessed. Oh, I think about Timey, the way she was, the things she had to go through as she was growing up. And how God blessed her. with an awesome, saved foster family. And how God saved her mama and daddy. So today, they can be a wonderful, loving family together. Now Hal lives with her. Mom lives right down the street, poor Tiny. <laughs> See? You love it. Why? Because God has blessed you. But we got to bless others. That's why I talk about the follow-up. That's why I talk, because you've been blessed so much. I've been blessed so much by the Lord. We need to do that follow-up so they're blessed and they can experience Jesus like we did. We were offered salvation. 
Come on. We were offered salvation, weren't we? So we need to offer it to someone else. Probably your mama's the one who offered you salvation, or your daddy. And it made sense to you when you were a tender age. Four years old. That's something we got in common. And you asked Jesus into your heart. Somebody offered you salvation. We need to do. That's why Joanne says, I've gotten to an age I don't care anymore. I'm going to act Baptist and I'm going to ask the question Are you saved? What have you done about your sin? Our young people, our millennials, our Zers here need to have that same attitude. Stop worrying about what everybody thinks. Especially you. And you millennials don't care any way what they think of you. You just do your own thing. So start telling them about Jesus. Pfft, you think I'm a fanatic? You should see my mama. <laughs> <laughs> Come on! Jesus died so that we could have eternal life, did he not? And the fact is, God still loves people. And so should we. God still loves people. That was my tribute to Dr. Graham. God still loves people, and so should we. We should love them. We should love that bully on the playground. We should, we should love that kid who's the oddball. <laughs> that kid who just shot up that school. Boy, was he an oddball. But you know what? Nobody loved him. The kids didn't want nothing to do with him because he was so odd. Well, he deserved to be kicked out, but, but if somebody had gotten to him, and I thought, what interventions could the school have done for him before he got to that point? He lost his daddy, and then shortly thereafter, he lost his mama, the only two people that believed in him, that loved him, put into the foster care service, and everybody let him fall through the cracks because nobody could see him. Now everybody knows him. Oh, can you imagine if there was a teenager like this out loud, fun, sometimes obnoxious, because he's a teenager, because we were all obnoxious as teenagers, just let's admit it. Uh, if he would have saw him in his school, and said, hey, dude, you might be odd and weird, but I want to be your friend. Friends make the difference. Friends sometimes keep us out of trouble. And with a kid like that, hey. not you, <laughs> I'm talking about the kid who shot, oh. you've got to be stronger than he is and be the influencer and say, hey, I care about you, don't do that. Um, I don't think you're thinking straight. I'm praying for you. <laughs> you know, in West Virginia, there was such a revival the last couple of years, and it was all because of millennial high school kids starting to pray at lunchtime. 
The group grew so big that they had to move out into the hallway. It grew so big they had to give them the gymnasium. It grew so big they had to give them the, the stadium. The revival was so awesome. Perry Stone showed up. Because Perry Stone, he does a ministry with kids and he encouraged them. He wasn't the spotlight. The kids were the spotlight. Isn't that cool? Somebody like Perry Stone, who's world-renowned evangelist. No, he let the kids be the spotlight. He came there to encourage them and stand with them and support them. And families were being healed. And families were coming together. And moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas were getting saved because of the kids. We can have that happen here with our youth. So I'm excited about what's happening. Our youth group has grown. It's not just Amen. you two and them two, but on that one Sunday night, boy, it keeps on growing and growing. And we could get them here on Wednesday to get the Word of God into them. Wouldn't that be awesome? I know you're working on it. Pretty soon, you're not going to be able to keep this room here. I know you don't. But you know what? I did this on purpose because I want you to outgrow it. And I wanted you to outgrow it fast. See? Because it's the smallest of our classrooms. I want you to outgrow it and keep going. And I love the fact that they've outgrown it. God is so good. Let's pray. <laughs> Lord Jesus, help us, Lord. Help us not because this has been, the sermon was delivered differently today, but in some ways the same way. Lord, we've had so much laughter and things. Help us not just say, go away and say, oh, that was fun. But Lord, help us to go away with the truth Amen. in our hearts. And that we just don't hide it there. But Lord, even though we're told to hide the word in our heart, but we're supposed to use it and share it with others. Help us to share this word. Help us to go ahead and care about following up with others. Help us to care about people that need Jesus. Help us, Lord, to... Mm. Help us, Lord, to see their lost soul and their need for Jesus. Help us to help them fill their God hole with you, Jesus. Because they'll never be happy. They'll never know joy without you, Lord. So, Lord, we dedicate ourselves to you right now to be used. It doesn't matter if we're seven years old, because, Lord, in the Bible, you used a seven-year-old to be king. It doesn't matter if we're 80 years old, because, Lord, in the Bible, you use an 80-year-old to deliver your people. Lord, it doesn't matter if we're somewhere in between. It doesn't matter if we're a funny teenager, because, Lord, you use several teenagers in the Bible. Joseph to save the known world at the time. Timothy and Titus to pastor churches, and King David to kill a giant at 17 years old. Lord, you are not a respecter of persons, and we thank you for that. You want to use everyone here, and we praise you, Lord, and we are honored that you want to use us. We praise you in Jesus' name and all God's children said, Amen. Amen.
and amen. We are going to have the worship team come and sing a song. And Jason's going to try to do 